Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! From the Dire Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode eight with David Dyer. Follow me on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know, Facebook page for the podcast. Find it, hit the blue thumb. Follow the podcast there. Unreasonable Doubt podcast swag. Check the show notes. Click the link. Check the stuff out. Buy something or don't. You know, it's no big deal. Hey, interview time. David Dyer, founder of Dyer Prime Creative Group. Yes, Dyer Prime Creative Group is a sponsor. Yes, David is a friend of mine. Yes, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook at Dyer Prime. D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E. David is a fascinating individual. He is very knowledgeable on a lot of things. Very limited knowledge of basketball. Uh, <laughs> but other things, which you'll hear in this interview, has lots of information and expertise on. So, and he's done podcasting before. He's had a YouTube channel. So he's good at this talking thing as well. It's long overdue. I think you're going to enjoy this. Check out this interview I did with Dyer Prime Creative Group founder, David Dyer. Dyer Prime Creative Group is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. After this advertisement, you'll get to hear David Dyer, founder of Dyer Prime Creative Group, talk about his business. Spoiler alert. And his business is making designs and putting them on things. Putting a design on a t-shirt. Putting a design on a sweatshirt. Hooded sweatshirt. Embroidering your logo on a hat, on a towel. You know how people like have first, middle, and last names? You can take the first letter of each of those, pick a font, like a real fancy cursive thing, and then you can put that on a towel. They'll do that too. Call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at direprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. All right, David Dyer, long overdue. Welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Josh, it's it's great to be here. I've, I've definitely been looking forward to this for some time, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast since um, for it's almost been two years now. It it has, and I don't know if is hashtag first still relevant. It is. We, yes, we absolutely were the first. So it, it's an interesting thing because we were not only the first sponsors of the podcast, but we're also like I, I my my knowledge of sports and my sponsoring are, are inversely proportionate. 
So the fact that we were first in and the fact that I know next to nothing about sports is confusing to a lot of people. And well, myself, but dude, but you've, you've grown so much uh, in this short amount of time. I'm going to quiz you on your, on your sports knowledge uh, later in this wait. interview. That will be embarrassing. No, nah, it'll be fun. <laughs> so you are the founder of Dire Prime Creative Group. I tell everybody about uh, your company every time I do a podcast. My question is, does Prime and Dire Prime represent your love of Prime numbers or is it something else? I do like prime numbers, but it uh, it really is something else. It it came down to um, I I kind of wanted to go abstract with the name, you know, just come up with like Silver Tree Printing or you know what I'm saying something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, we we had kind of and, and I hate myself for saying this, we kind of had an established brand with the Dire name, if you will, uh, with with Dire Outdoor, uh, mm-hmm. which was a um, a, a group basically a, a business where we sold. Uh, different hiking, outdoor camping stuff. And we also did primitive skills classes. So from that, that evolved and then became Dire Prime. And really the name, you know, we kicked around hundreds of names. And I don't know, it just kind of stuck. And you know how it is, you you throw everything out and you kind of sit and give a couple days and think about it. And then, you know, whatever you can remember after a few days is the one that has staying power. And that's the one we went with. And I also want to say that I was really keen on putting a uh, creative group after that because, you know, uh, you know, Ty Ward, which was on your podcast, uh, you know, he was one of the really instrumental. He actually, believe it or not, this was really kind of his idea uh, to, to do this. So we were we were doing the Dire Outdoor thing, wanted to make T-shirts to promote the business and kind of developed that and priced t-shirts and couldn't afford them. They were stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, Hey man, you're a graphic designer. I'm a graphic designer. Um, why don't we just make our own t-shirts? And I was kind of blown away at it. Got on Craigslist. Cause that was a thing back five years ago. It still exists. And, uh, oh, you're kidding me. Oh, huh. uh, we'll, we can talk about it off the podcast, but yeah, yeah it's we'll, still we'll there. Get there. We'll get there. I had no idea. Um, that's <laughs> you. I, is there, if there's a disclaimer at the end of this, I would say don't buy things from Craigslist because it's probably terrifying now. Maybe. Um, not just because of the COVID. Cause right, of there, course. Right, of course. No, there's no accountability on Craigslist. It's the Wild West of internet marketplaces. Um, but <laughs> the internet flea market of Mark. You know, uh-huh. if Craigslist picks this up, I don't want to. Anyhow, so uh, needless to say, we bought some screen printing equipment and printed the shirts we wanted, loved them. They were amazing. And all of a sudden we were getting a ton of people going, Hey, uh, those are awesome shirts. I don't want to buy one, but can you make some with my stuff on it? And we got more and more of those. And I was like, well, I'm not going to turn down money. And I like doing this. And that was five years ago. And, you know, now we've, we've evolved into a multi service shop with automatic, you know, screen printing presses and embroidery and, uh, just, just the works. Uh, which is amazing. And we've, and that creative group, you know, we've, we, I've brought a lot of people along with me, you know, Ty's still involved. I brought on other people and, and really the one thing that I learned about running a business, which was the hardest thing to learn was the fact that to make it successful, I have to give pieces of it to other people, uh, to, to caretake and to run that I don't have to think about. And, and so that group really came into play with the marketing, with the graphic design, with the production and all that. Um, and it's, it's a lot of what has made us successful, uh, today. 
You mentioned Ty Ward, David. Uh, he was on the podcast last year, and I'll ask you. I sent you the WVU basketball uniforms from 2019-2020, and I'll ask you, from a design standpoint, give me your thoughts on the WVU basketball unis. Well, it ha- it happens to be that we, we definitely print on uniforms, so I've got a little bit of, a, I think, a background here to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really feel uh, most uniforms are pretty the same. You know, your name, number, logo on the front, there it is. Um, so you've got the design that goes on the uniform, and then you have the design of the uniform. So, you know, one should complement the other, and, and less is more. And, or at least that's how I've always felt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all of them, I definitely like the white one the best. It had that really nice pop of, of gold uh, around the WV and the, the uh, typography that was, was on the, the uniform, and I really like that. Um, and I, I'm a real big fan of the design that goes – to print on the garment to accentuate that garment. Uh, and, and I, I feel like with the little pops of color at the hip and the shoulder, uh, and the design, although, you know, I think they went a little, um, I guess outside of the norm, you know, outside the box with the size, as far as like the front logo definitely seems a little small, uh, skinny, skinny. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, I mean, it's, I, I think, I, I can see what they were thinking with that as far as the the entire uniform. I, I mean, I think it looks very modern. I think it looks very clean. And I think that that was an attempt at a nod to the design of the uniform, not the design on the uniform. And they, I feel like that was a decision that they used to merge pretty well. And, you know, I, I like it. I, I, think, I think they have a cohesive design that um, – you know, really kind of breaks away from the traditional uniforms that I've seen. And, and keep in mind, I haven't seen a lot of games. You've seen so many uniforms. I, you, you've already well, established uh, your basis in sports. So I, 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 I'm picking up what you're laying down. Right, right. And so I, I appreciated that. I thought that was really neat, um, you know, the, the whole concept. It looked very almost almost like if, if you were playing basketball in space, right? Ah, like a Space like Jam a, situation. Almost almost like a little futuristic edge to the uniform. That, because if you look really close on the gold uniform, they kind of have that, uh, there's these little gray um, you know, droplets or whatever that kind of emanate. Uh, and I don't know if that's part of the design on the uniform or the design of the garment that might have like some a textured element to it. Um, you know, it's hard to tell from the photo, but um, I really liked it. Nice. Very subtle, yeah. Another thing you mentioned, you mentioned subtly earlier, is your um, experience with primitive skills, teaching survival skills, things like that. If there was, and it's not a contest, but if there was a contest involving survival skills, what is the most important survival skill of all of the survival skills? Oh, so, oh man, that so that is a that is a bit of a complicated question. No, because, I think I think it was very it was it was a simple well, question to ask. It, it was a simple question to ask. So <laughs> th- there, it with there is a general rule with any survival situation, and it's the rule of threes. Um, you can survive, you know, three minutes without oxygen. You can survive um, three days without water. You can survive three weeks without food. Um, so because of those things, you kind of prioritize, you know, what's going on. 
So mm. if you're in the desert or you're in the snow covered mountains, your priority for what the most important thing potentially changes. So you have the ah. basis of, you know, of like, this is, this could be the most important here, but it may not be the most important here. Um, if I was in the snowy mountains, I, I feel like shelter and, and, and getting away from the elements is the most important. Right. Uh, obviously fire at some point would probably be number two outside of shelter. Uh, and, and it depends on, you know, if you go into the woods perfect purposefully, or if you accidentally find yourself, you know, in, in the woods. Right. Um, you know, so fire shelter really uh, are pretty top tier and would kind of flip flop depending on, you know, if it's pouring the rain, you're just assume you're not getting a fire started, build a shelter. Um, if you're in the desert, it's a really unique environment. Uh, where you you really there's not really an option to get out of the sun and obviously during the day you're not going to want a fire but at night uh, temperatures drop to freezing uh, sometimes so you know you got to prepare for that that temperature shift Uh, and it could be 30 40 degrees in a matter of hours and you'll go from perfectly fine to freezing to death Um, which is kind of amazing Uh, and I've actually experienced that firsthand uh, you know when I was over in Iraq Afghanistan so and it's it's pretty brutal but it sounds terrible. So yeah, basically it's, it's where yeah. you're at one of those breathing, drinking or eating those take precedence and it depends on where you're at. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I know that's not necessarily the answer you were looking for, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it can be complicated. And so I, I would encourage anybody that, that would find themselves in a survival situation to take the time to inventory and prioritize what they have. Mm. Um, you know, short of a medical emergency, you know, the, the real, the, the real good, you know, the best thing you can do is set down figure out what you have to work with and then plan that out. And, and I know, you know, it's one of those things that you argue time, you know, maybe the sun setting, but the worst thing you can do is rush or, or do something carelessly because, um, you know, if you use all your rope or you burn up all your wood or you, whatever, uh, and you're not not planning and not really thinking through those next steps because in a survival situation, you're never going to be more clear thinking or more fresh thinking than the first, you know, three days or first 24 hours that you're out there because everything after that, the physical aspects start taking a toll, lack of calories, lack of water, lack, lack of warmth. You know I'm saying like everything's a calorie trade off. So when that starts coming into play, your, your thinking becomes less and less clear. So it, it's really critical, you know, to take those first steps and, and figure out what you have to work with and how you can best employ it and then start prioritizing from there. That is interesting. And the what you're talking about, I have no I have no background in, but I have seen a television show on the History Channel that speaks to these things you're talking about. The show alone. I, I love that show. It, it, so it's it's interesting so for 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 you know most people yeah explain alone to the audience because i don't think i've talked about it on the podcast so well i'll I'll tell you a fun story so i actually went to cornell university and became they have a primitive skills program that uh lasts but roughly a semester that teaches people how to live like cavemen it's not a survival school it's Mm -hmm. a you know working with the earth to to best use and best, you know, move through. So I actually was watching alone. I've watched up through season six, so no spoilers. 
um, and saw some of my friends that were with one of the contestants in like season four, I think, sitting around a fire. No way. Really cool. Yeah, some of the people I had went to Cornell with uh, were there. And so it was, wow. it was really neat. And it kind of like brought some weird closeness to me and the show, you know, the show and I or whatever. And so I, I love that show because I, I really genuinely feel like it is the most accurate representation of survival on TV. Uh, they don't sensationalize, sensationalize it too much. Uh, you know, they're pretty transparent on like, you know, the medical checks and the fact that they're, you know, they're alone, but, you know, they got to still make sure that they're not out there killing, you know, letting people die. Right. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you can take those 10 items and they have that pretty well nailed down, um, it's really impressive to see one, what people can do. Um, but, I, you know, it it's it's different. And the one thing that I, I don't understand why they don't really and it's just one of those things that you got to do it to really relate to is, you know, spending the night in the forest. That was one of the things with the, the Cornell class was I li we lived in the forest the entire the duration of the class. Now, that didn't mean we didn't come out to our cars and, you know, we could go eat on the weekends or whatever. Right. You know, we didn't. But but through the week, the majority of our food came from the forest. Um, so we would either hunt rabbit or groundhog or, um, you know, we would use, we used atlatls were our big, uh, hunting tool above a bow because we were, and we had bows after a while, but you know, it's one of those things that just takes time to make that kind of stuff as you see with the show alone. Um, but I really excellent glimpse into what it really takes. And, and honestly, uh, and the other thing people don't really talk about with the show is a lot of it comes down to absolute luck. Uh, you know, you see some of those folks and they're just walking and take a fall and all of a sudden they're off the show. Oh yeah. And it's, it's really that simple too. And, and, and that's, you know, if you kind of internalize that, you know, if you're walking through the forest and slip, hit a stop or twist an ankle, it's, you're either laying there until the coyotes eat you, uh, or somebody finds you. Jeez. Um, yeah. Well, and for those who haven't seen alone, uh, check it out. Right. The first I'm two sorry. seasons. Yeah, no, no, no. The first two seasons are on Amazon. I know. And then right. you can get the others. And if you if you have a cable package, other episodes are out there. It's an interesting show, especially during quarantine. It makes you oh, yes. appreciate quarantine. Yes. Like, we've got it made compared to these folks on Alone. Uh, I think you do great on that show based on your background and actually seeing your peers talk to talk to contestants on the show. That was cool. It was really cool. So what you've watched on Alone, uh, what's, and this is a spoiler alert, What's the thing on Alone you've seen so far someone do that you've been the most impressed with? Like, because people are, you know, doing things to uh, keep their mind fresh. Some things you see as far as a survival technique that's like, wow, that's really thought out. You're an expert. So what have you seen somebody do on the show that was like, oh, you just like lean back and say, wow, that is interesting. Well, I don't want to, is it okay to spoil? No, we're, we're, we've already spoiler alert. The people who okay, want to watch okay, alone right. have, have, right. have tuned right. out or they've just tuned out naturally. So season one and season six were my two favorite seasons. Uh, I love season one because it was that setting that precedent or whatever. Right. Uh, season six uh, was phenomenal. Um, one of the contestants, which I won't mention the name, so you can at least be surprised there, uh, managed to take down a moose. <laughs> That uh, absolutely happened. Woo. Like I, I stood up. I stood up in my living room. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you did. With a little fifteen-pound recurve bow. I know it had a broadhead on it, but oh boy, 
challenged a bull moose and took it down and then somehow managed to keep that away from the wolves that were circling his camp for weeks. Um, go, go team. I mean, that was, I don't know how else to say it. That was amazing. Um, See, I, was, I know so, nothing about survival skills, David, and we both agree that that's the most amazing thing that's happened on the show. Oh, sure. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's, he took down like a 900 pound animal managed to process it with well first of all had a limited hunting tool that he managed right. to actually do a kill shot on this 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 animal and then was able to pack out 900 pounds of meat and somehow keep the majority of that away from bear wolverines wolves coyotes you know what i'm saying like right for for weeks um and that that is no small feat oh, that's uh, that amazing is, that was impressive um, I, I'm, I, yeah. as much as I don't know what you're talking about and you said something about a, an at saddle or whatever, I'm going to Google oh, that, that later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That thing that was on star Wars, but I, um, I'm with you on a human, just even if he wasn't like alone, uh, in the Arctic circle, uh, anybody shooting a moose is uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, um, that's huge. regardless of that's, how you feel about, uh, hunting, that's impressive. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I feel that's like a crazy that's a big feat. deal with a rifle. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> uh, and then, like you said, yeah. the premise of the show is you take 10 things with you and live alone. And so right. with right. what he had, he was able to do that. It was, Which uh, is it's amazing. crazy. It's uh, absolutely well, and I, amazing. And, and so earlier I mentioned Atlatl and so Atlatl, uh, and I, I don't know what what language it, it hails from, but it basically means stick stick. Um, and it was originally it's believed uh, that it originally came out of the Aztec culture, uh, which I'm not sure what language is adjacent to that. I'm not even going to venture a guess, but um, it's a very old weapon. It predates the bow by probably you know thousand thousand or so years. But it, it it was the it was basically with cavemen Neanderthals. It went you know uh, rock stick atlatl you know as far as the development of hunting tools so early neanderthal would take this um stick that was had a little y at one end of it uh and then they would lay another stick in that uh that would it would increase the length of their arm so it looked like one of those things you throw the ball with your dog you know right that, that weird tennis ball thing and they would stick that in there and then when they threw it they were able to generate a massive amount of power into a lot of people call them arrows but the the it's a dart that's thrown out of it. It's a, it has fletching on it. They're typically six, five, six, seven feet long. And groups of Neanderthals would hunt woolly mammoths with these things. And it's actually largely believed that the woolly mammoth, one of the things that led it to extinction was overhunting um, and the development of this weapon. So, so I don't have to Google when it I was now. with the, when I was with the boy scouts, they made me call it a tool, not a weapon. Uh, and I was like, well, I could, you know, I could, one of these kids could pin one of the other kids to the hillside with this thing. That seems like a weapon and should probably be addressed as such. But they didn't like that term. So <laughs> like that. Well, I'll, you've saved me. I'm going to listen back to this yeah. and and not Google um, Atlatl. Atlatl. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. If you if you get bored, let me know. I've got several. We'll we'll go out and. Uh, That's I a tool. A board. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I I can typically put put a dart. Uh, you uh, probably about. I'd say the length of a football field, keeping it sports related for you, uh, into a hula hoop. Oh my so, gosh. 
accurately and with quite a amount of power. More power. It's they're terrifying. Well, I'm um, terrified by what you just said. So well, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I think season two or three, somebody made an atlatl and then tried to use it, and it was really sad and pathetic. I'm not sure what he was thinking. <laughs> like, I was, I was really disappointed for him. The opposite of the of taking down a moose is what you're describing. Correct. Yeah, he was yeah. throwing it like a squirrel or something. It was, <laughs> it was really bad. So uh, as you can tell, David, uh, a man of of many trades, lots of um, experience, including uh, you've done this podcast thing before. You had a podcast with Ty Ward. You've had a successful YouTube channel uh, that you were talking about earlier. Dire. Um, Dire Times, one yeah. word on YouTube. Again, find it. That, Watch the videos. About that brand. That's yeah, right. About the brand. Yeah. Do you ever have the itch to get back into YouTubing and or podcasting? Well, that's an interesting question, and I say that because the, so with YouTube we had I, I don't remember exactly how many views it was. We had like two point five million views and like six or eight thousand subscribers. Uh, you know, we were, we were doing it right. You know, um, we usually would average a hundred thousand of, you know, ish views of video. Um, and, and so we were, we were starting to get sponsorship and it was coming into, I had to have a camera guy. I had a sound person. I had to have, you know, uh, um, you know, an, you know, an a, gaffer. Person, a, a, a guest, you know, so we had, and then we had to wrap all that around either a product demonstration or something, you know, cool. Uh, we did a lot of the weaponry type stuff, which was a good time. Yes. Uh, but we had to wrap it around some. So, I mean, it was, it was not uncommon for the videos to start costing, you know, thousand, eight thousand or eight to a thousand dollars and stuff like that. And then coordinating them and then trying to get them out on time. And I'm not going to say I'm against that, but I'm definitely in a different place in my life. <laughs> um, so my, my focus really is, you know, dire prime with with getting you know screen printing and that kind of stuff and I, at this point as much as i think i would enjoy firing that back up it would be too much of a distraction i think and I, I don't i would not be able to do either thing justice because it would split focus so dramatically and i i i really want to remain you know focused on on dire prime and, and continue to grow that business and make it successful so okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just asking i mean but, 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 I'm not. I'm not trying to pressure you into doing it. I'm just asking. I podcast daily. <laughs> I, I would. I podcast my breakfast over Cheerios. Well, and we can we can spitball ideas of of you doing a breakfast podcast. Because uh, I don't know if that's fully represented out there. The the breakfast yeah. category on Apple Podcasts. There's there's some room for growth there. Well, maybe. Well, see, it doesn't work with the name though. Dire, dire dinner would probably be better, like a dire dinner situation. Mm. Again, got to stay on brand. Got to stay on brand. <laughs> I like the. I like. I like the. I like how you say brand and and the enjoyment you get out of saying that word. I, I do too, and I hate myself for it. Uh, <laughs> I don't so like good. that you hate yourself when you say it. Uh, we. I digress. So back to you, how much you've learned about sports. Uh, during right. being yes. a uh, sponsor of this podcast, what's your favorite thing about basketball? Oh, whoo! Uh, there's so many. If things you had to boil it down, similar to the uh, most important survival skill, the the the, it can be a complicated answer. But what's your favorite thing about basketball? Josh, Josh, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Sure, it's a it's a, it's a question for a question. Do they have hot dogs at the stadiums? 
<laughs> at the Coliseum, you can get a hot dog. So that's my favorite. That's my favorite part. Concessions. Yeah. Yes. Conce- in gen- yes. Correct. In general, concessions. Maybe a Slurpee situation and a hot dog. That'd be awesome. We could watch basketball all day with that. Okay, so that uh, that that is a more simple answer than the survival skill question. Yeah, I, and then yeah, sorry. And no, you don't have to apologize. And then I'll, <laughs> we'll leave with this: your favorite WVU basketball player of all time. Oh, it's got to be Ernest Schwebe. All right, dude. Yeah, well, it's yeah. not Ernest. It's I, you're close. It. You're in the ballpark. You Oscar, nailed his Oscar last Schwebe. name. Oscar. Oscar Schwebe. Yes, not Ernest. I knew that. I. Let me ask you this. Who has a higher ceiling in talent just by name? Oscar or Ernest? Well, see, I immediately think of uh, Ernest, and I'm pretty sure there was an Ernest Place basketball movie. I didn't see that one necessarily. Uh But Ernest P. Worrell is a depth of talent, not only in acting, but I assume in life, uh, that no one short of Ernest P. Worrell can truly attain. Um, So I'm going to have to to Ernest there. Okay, so you're giving it to Ernest. Like, you hear about look, Ernest, five-star recruit Ernest Sheebway, and you're, had, by name alone, you're more impressed than Oscar. Yes, Ernest goes to camp. Uh, Ernest scared stupid. Ernest goes to jail. No, I'm familiar I mean, with the you, Ernest movies, but I don't know how well, that equates to... <laughs> well-traveled is what I'm saying, well-traveled. He wore a vest. People don't wear that. He was brave. He wore a vest. Um, you know, I mean, Ernest goes to Hollywood. There were stakes. There was poison snakes. All right. Stop, stop spoiling all the Ernest movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, they were they were actually garden hoses under a tarp in the back of a Okay, and you're still spoiling it. So, well, um sorry. Yeah. Well, David, this has been a pleasure. Again, thank you um to Dyer everybody at Dyer Prime Creative Group for being a longtime and hashtag first sponsor of this podcast. Right. Uh I really enjoyed this. I hope you did too. Dyer uh David Dyer, thank you for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Thank you. It was a great time. Really enjoyed it. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Big thanks to David for joining me on the podcast. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts. Leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Would you do that? Click the five stars thing. That's great. And then there's a part where you can click on your iPhone. It says write a review. And then you can write a nice review. Or a mean review. I don't know if it means that much. As long as you do the five stars thing, then write whatever. And I'll enjoy it and talk about it on social media. Or on this podcast. What a great reward, huh? (laughs) Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. Stay safe out there. I'm going to go ahead and flip it over. WVU, 
for the 2020-2021 season is zero and zero. All right. All right, Dire Prime. Oh, crap. All right, start again. Your name's not Dire Prime. (laughs) I'm an idiot. I got to not laugh. (laughs) I got to not laugh. Whew, okay. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. All right. Okay, dude. Now, see, that's on me. That was a me problem.